entertained? Are you not entertained? Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. You're listening to the French Press Podcast, where we discuss events from our lives. Welcome to the French Press Podcast. It's episode 404. And it's Tuesday, May 10th, 2022. You know what 404 means, Leighton, in the web development world? Uh, it's A link has it been means, broken yeah, page, and it's not found. Page not found. Well, mm-hmm. today we found a long-lost guest of the French Press Podcast, my cousin Miles is joining us again after about five years. Uh, Miles was on five years ago, talked about his beekeeping skills and a, a few other things. And today he's back again for a very different topic. Uh, and, and we're planning on future topics as well. But Miles, it's good to have you back on the podcast. Thanks for joining us. It's good to be here, guys. Um, you're not hearing the voice of Jeff or Theodore or Nicholas or Nicholas. Um, and that's by design. <laughs> Miles Miles is a big man, and so we just needed the extra space. Yeah, we did. Um, actually, my, or Jeff and Theodore had, had other plans. That's why they're not here. And Nicholas just didn't want to be here. So we want to spend quite a bit of time talking about uh, Miles and the new, new segment that we're planning for the French Press Podcast. But Leighton also has a story that he wants to share. Oh, yeah. He's been doing a lot of home remodeling. Um, he yeah. hasn't asked me for any advice. Um, I'm a little surprised. Well, you did ask for our advice yesterday, but that was about purchasing a plant. Yeah, I did. But other than that, haven't had a lot of uh, questions. I don't, I don't know if remodeling is the right word. Addition? Sure. Yeah. But it's not even on the interior of the house. Well, number one... Like a month or two ago, we ran a water line out to my shop, and that was quite an adventure. That weekend, it snowed, and the ground froze. Got an excavator stuck, <laughs> or it wasn't stuck. It wasn't like in the ground, but it was the the dirt had frozen so solid to the tracks of the excavator that it it couldn't move, and so we were literally chiseling. We were using a hammer drill to chisel dirt, frozen dirt out of the tracks. It was crazy. It seems miserable. strange that it would freeze that hard in 24 hours. In yeah. A- April or whatever month it was. Or maybe it was earlier in the year. It, w- it, was, it was towards the beginning of April, I think. I don't think it was in March. Yeah. Uh, and as we did that, it turns out that we ran into a septic tile so that it was fine until we covered up the trench that we had dug. And then at that point, every time the sump pump ran, water was shooting up from the ground. Mm. So we had actual sewage sitting in our yard for several weeks. Wow. It was a cesspool. So how did you take care of that? I I would highly recommend if you have septic or tile issues, uh what's his name? Aura. Aura Aura Dean? Great dude, goes to my church. Yeah. He was very helpful. I wish I would have called him much sooner. I thought there was an issue, maybe something like inside my house or I don't know. 
I wasn't sure what the issue was, so I called Yoder and Stutzman, and they came out like, oh, it's just full. You need to get it pumped. So I did. I got it pumped, and like a day or two later, it was doing it again. It was still coming up out of the opening of the septic. So that obviously wasn't it. So then I called Oradine, and he brought over his excavator and got the problem solved in a matter of like two days. Oh, so I wish I would have called him much sooner. <clears throat> he was very helpful. <clears throat> All right. Well, you'd oh, you'd, there's some other so, things yeah, you were yeah, trying yeah. to. So we did that, and then we're adding on. So we had like some very uh, narrow concrete steps going up to our the door that we use most often, or when guests come over, the the walk in door that that's used most often. It's right off the living room. Also. Our my my son constantly goes in and out of that whenever he wants to go outside, and those concrete steps are very narrow and there's no hand railing, and uh, I added a storm door to the outside of that walk-in door, so the main door swings in, the storm door swings out. Well, not thinking when I installed that. Then you actually have to go up to the top step. You have to grab the handle and open the storm door. As you do that, you have to step down two steps to get out of the way, and then you can walk in. It's really, really annoying, and it's really, really dangerous when you have my two-year-old who wants to get in, but he can't, or he wants to get in, so you have to open the door, but he has to get out of the way, or otherwise you're going to knock him off of the concrete steps. Mm. It's, it was bad. And how many times has that happened? It hasn't happened yet, and now it won't happen okay. ever, at least not those concrete steps. Wow. So because we added a porch then, so it's a, it's much, much safer. And we also added a handicap ramp okay. up the side of the concrete porch. Or not concrete, just a wood porch. Yeah. Um, and then also we added a white fence, just a two-rail I think it's a 30-inch tall white fence that was installed by Mike Fencing. And that was just to make sure that the boys, there's a good, like, defined line. You don't go out on the road. Don't go past the fence. Because he he did it once or twice. Mm -hmm. And that really confirmed in our minds that we need need a barrier. Mm -hmm. And when we did that, Mike's Fencing, they came out, they did a great job. it It looks really, really nice. We're really, really happy with it. But they they stuck like five of their stickers on the fence facing towards the road to say, like, hey, this is Mike's fencing that did this. And I'm fine that they did that. That's okay. But the first day that it was finished, I immediately peeled them all off just because I don't like how it looks. Yeah. I want my white fence to just be white, a white fence. And like two or three days later, there was a sticker on it again. <laughs> with Mike's fencing on it. Wow. And I peeled it off. And then just today, my wife sent me a text saying, I, I never thought I'd be playing this game. And she had another sticker. Uh. Now, Mike's fencing is really close to us, so I'm sure there's a lot, like some of their employees go past or something, and so they're like, oh, we should put a sticker on that. And it's so annoying. Yeah, it is. I don't know. <sighs> so what do you plan to do? Because it sounds like it would get tiring I'm pretty after, sure I could, after several several years I could, of this. Like spray something on there that would make so that the adhesive mm. of the sticker would not be able to stick 
to the fence. Like, I've been, you know, I told you about this book called Effortless. Yeah. And it's about finding an easy or effortless solution to problems. Just call Mike's fencing and say, I stop think, sticking on I Mike. think the easiest exactly. thing to do would just be to call Mike. Yeah. Just call him up. Tell him, hey. Hey, Mike. I know you're proud of your fence. I love it. I'm so proud of it. I don't want you to deface it with your logo. <laughs> <sighs> First world problems. All right. That's all I had. All right, Miles. So uh, let me do a little bit of an introduction. Um, I don't know when I found out this partic- this peculiar thing about Miles. Um, but at some point, it, it I don't remember how it came up, but all of a sudden I became aware that Miles has incredible knowledge of the Old Testament. Knowledge and interest in the Old Testament. And I don't remember how I heard about it or if, if we were just talking and it came up or if someone... Uh, just happened if Theodore or one of our cousins just mentioned that Miles is like really studying the Old Testament and like um, I don't so I don't know know exactly how I found out about this interest of yours but maybe you can walk us through your journey of being becoming more and more interested in the Old Testament and yeah talk about like what what drew you to it and okay. and your journey there and then obviously how does this relate to the French Press podcast well. We want to do a, a segment, probably monthly, where Miles comes on. Kind of like we've done, um, uh, what was Mr. Dave's segment with history? Oh, yeah. I forgot he did that. Incredible history with Mr. Dave or uh, weird weird stories from history. Hmm. Possibly. Something like that. Yeah, it was always an, yeah. So, Miles, we, we've talked about Old Testament stuff uh, once, and there's lots of really interesting stuff. And so, I'd be... I asked Miles if he'd be interested in doing a weekly segment, or not weekly, a monthly segment coming on and sharing something interesting from the Old Testament. It could be something that you're currently learning, or it could be something that um, you've just learned in the past and just want okay. to want to share. It wouldn't have to be, it doesn't have to be like a whole, you know, half hour long segment. It can be, you know, 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, but so, so that's kind of what we were planning on doing moving forward. But just tell us a little bit about your journey into becoming an Old Testament buff. Okay. Uh, honestly, I started about two and a half years ago. Mm. Uh, honestly, I'm really frustrated with how the, and this is not uh, against pastors because they have it hard enough. But because uh, Layton's a pastor. I know. Layton's a pastor. Layton, Watch it, brace yourself. Not, you know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but anyways, I was frustrated with how nobody talks about or nobody preaches on the Old Testament. Mm. And for one of probably one of the reasons is it's hard to understand and it's hard for people to sit through. Nobody wants to sit through a 30-minute message on Leviticus. I mean that it, you'd rather watch paint dry. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> What's so funny is like literally the last sermon that I preached was out of Leviticus. <laughs> it's a great book. <laughs> it's it's just funny like Yeah. Anyway, sorry, keep going. No, it's So anyways, I just randomly uh, started, I actually downloaded a commentary mm. on Ezekiel, just random. So you know what? Let's learn about Ezekiel. And I spent like a month on it, just listening audiobook. Okay. And blown away by the depth of it. Mm-hmm. And then just went on a last two and a half years. I've just been on a binge all over. Mm. I jumped back and forth from 
New Testament to Old Testament and go down too many paths. Yeah. Yeah, so that's basically what the journey is, I guess. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of, you felt like you weren't learning enough or there wasn't enough teaching on Old no. Testament stuff and just kind of almost randomly just like picked picked a book, Ezekiel. Yeah, I mean, like, I felt like nobody cared really about the Old Testament, mm. at least younger people. So I was like, you know what? Someone's got to talk about it, so why don't I learn about it? And then I can bring it up around people and like, hey, look at this. This is kind of cool. Try and encourage them to, here, dig into this. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but in the end, you know, it doesn't really matter as, as long as you just study and get into it. Yeah. Um, so do you, did you uh, have a sermon at your church recently? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we had we, we had to do that because we were in a, in a guys group, in a leadership group. So one of the requirements was to lead a, a message, so. What what church do you go to? Milford, Milford Chapel. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I'm assuming you preached on the Old Testament. I did, yeah. I preached out of uh, Job, section in Job, and I preached out of a section in Matthew and okay. tied them together. It was on uh, forgiveness, unforgiveness and forgiveness. And mm. how, okay. Uh, it was basically, um, Job was, or Job, it's chapter 42, verse 10. And it says that uh, Job was set free from his captivity when he prayed for his friends. And the secret to unforgiveness, or the secret to overcoming unforgiveness, the way I've experienced it is you have to pray for the people that wronged you because in that you're set free. Mm. That's really good. And Matthew talks, or uh, yeah, Matthew talks, well, Jesus talks about it in, I think it's somewhere, I forget what chapter it is, but he, it's the, the parable where it's the, uh, it's the servant with the talents, mm-hmm. the 10,000 talents versus the, uh, I think it's a hundred, hundred, I forget what it is, hundred silver or something. Anyways, it's a massive amount. And at the end, he talks something about, um, I forget what it was. I, I have to pull it up in scripture, but yeah. So I, I tied those two together. It was on unforgiveness. And I shared part of my testimony on how I've had struggled with unforgiveness in the past and mm-hmm. how learning that you have to pray for the person and that's when you're set free. Mm-hmm. It, you're, what happens is, is uh, at first it's very hard to do. It's physically, physically hurts. Like you can feel it in your heart, mm-hmm. but as you pray more and more, it gets easier and easier. And as you do that, uh, the spirit changes you from the inside mm-hmm. and then you show it on the outside. That's great. Mm-hmm. So that's what I preached on. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought Job would have a lesson about forgiveness in it. Yeah, um, it, surprisingly, because Job forty-two, he started, he j- had just got God had just got done questioning him, questioning him seventy-seven times on, I think it's chapter thirty-eight through forty or forty-one, but he talks. God is asking him like, "Where were you when this? And where were you that when mm-hmm. that?" And then Job realizes, "Well, sorry, I'm foolish for ever questioning you," mm-hmm. and then. God goes after him and says, you know what, Job, you're going to pray. Literally says, like, you are going to pray for your friends. He calls them friends, and, and these guys weren't friends. I mean, they, you know, if you remember Job's story, they accused him, you know, Job, you must be a sinner, you know. Mm-hmm. They were dealing, really discouraging. They were really discouraging, yeah. Yeah. So God told him, you know what, you're going to pray for them. They might not, you might not feel like they're friends, but you're going to pray for them anyways because in that you're going to be set free. Wow. Um, That's really so, powerful. 
that's that's a little section from Job. Yeah. So what do you want this to be? You, <laughs> All right. You, you had talked about. Let's just be open. Let's call the <laughs> elephant in the room. What do we want this to be? Well, we want it to be great. Okay. <laughs> no, I'd that's l- not hard. I'd love for it to be something that inspires. I'd love for there to be a nugget that people can listen to and get. Excellent. But also something that will hopefully inspire them to do further digging and study. Okay. And maybe every week or, or yeah, maybe yeah. maybe every time it's not exactly that. Maybe it's heavier on the nugget, less on the inspiration or vice versa. Yep. But that would be the – I'd say that's what we're aiming for. Okay. That's easy. And I wouldn't – I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I think obviously like the Bible is – the Bible should be – practiced and so we should be getting inspiration from the bible but i mean i'm interested enough that even if it's just facts like hey uh this is actually what they meant by uh this is actually what the tabernacle looked like exactly like i'm okay with just facts Mm -hmm. you know it doesn't have to be specifically inspirational just I'm also okay with just interesting things. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, as far as the, uh, we need a good name as well. Okay. Every good segment has a good name. Um, we were talking about this a little bit beforehand, mm-hmm. and uh, Leighton, you had a, a really good idea. You want to share it? I thought we could call it Miles Files, the Miles Files. There you go. Um, I do like that. I wish we could tie it into maybe an Old Testament, Old Testament, uh, or mm. even just like a historic term more than the miles files but we could uh we could I make mean, people could comment with their own thoughts on it as well encyclopedia michael probably has some ideas we could do something like i mean since this is the french press something like hebrews <laughs> hebrews <laughs> um press down uh oh Impressive, impressed facts from the Bible. Oh. <laughs> All right, we're done cringing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Old, I, Testament, I no Old Testament grinds. <laughs> I don't know. If you have an idea, uh, you can comment on the episode. Maybe we'll just loosely start heading towards the Miles Files. Sure. Because I think that it's got a nice ring. Sure. It's it's relevant. It's accurate. Uh, and I guess one question for you. Like, what do you want it to be? Uh, honestly... If you guys are good with it, uh, we can talk about anything. I mean, literally anything from that's in the Bible, anything from any Old Testament scripture, whether it's even stuff that makes some Mennonites or Beachy uncomfortable, like uh, Christ's thousand-year reign or like the millennial kingdom or mm-hmm. how the Israel is in the land or, you know, even... You say end times, but there's a lot in end times. You can say end times, but there's you know so much. There's, oh yeah, there's, that's a whole study. That's, that's a, a whole, whole, field. whole different thing. So really, I mean, there's a lot of that in Ezekiel, isn't there? A lot of that, like the last eight chapters, are all about Christ's thousand year reign, all about the temple and measuring it out. And there's one thing about uh, I think it's chapter forty-seven where it says uh, that the um, river of life is going to flow out of the temple in the thousand-year reign kingdom. Anyways, it f- starts as a trickle, and it flows out of the temple, out of the city. And something about it flows into the Dead Sea, and it becomes a living sea, and there's 
Yeah, it's weird. But mm. it's in there. It's chapter 47. Yeah. All right, cool. I guess if we call it the Miles Files, then it could even be like New Testament stuff can also easily be tied into it. Oh, there's a lot of and New it, Testament uh, stuff. And it doesn't just have to be it doesn't have to be pigeonholed. Anyway, so uh what what do you have for us today? Like I, I know you have a little a little tease. Okay. Um Yeah. If you have a Bible in front of you, you can actually turn to, um, yeah, let's go to Matthew. Turn to where it's his uh, Christ genealogy. There's something interesting in his genealogy. Oftentimes, you read this and it's really monotonous. It's, you know... Hazaz, the father of Zechariah, and Zechariah, the father of Manasseh. It's very monotonous. But the Gospels, they're, most of them are the same, but they're all from a different point of view. Matthew is, is from a Jewish standpoint. Um, Luke is, was a doctor, so it's, it's more from a human standpoint. I think Mark is from more of a, a servant standpoint, and I'm not sure about John. I would say John is is from like a <clears throat> Jesus is God, yeah, yeah, yep standpoint. But sorry, I keep going. No, um, so we're in Matt, Matthew quick. chapter one. Is that, that where Matthew we're chapter one in uh, that first where the? Sorry, let me get my notes here. So just a little off topic here. I, I've been heavily debating about getting a, a paper Bible. I've had uh, I've used my iPad now for several years, and I do like it. But the one thing I don't like about a digital Bible is that you can't write in the margins. Mm-hmm. You can highlight stuff easily, but you can't just like and, – and part of me doesn't like to write in a, in a book because it you know kind of messes it up. But um, I see you have a paper Bible here, Miles. Do you? Yeah. Is that primarily what you use in your study? Yeah, I use actually. Um, a lot of times, I'll use an app called a uh, Blue Letter Bible. Oh yeah, I love that app. They have an. App. I didn't know they have an app. Yeah, it's excellent. I've used their website. I use their website every time I study. Oh, it's for excellent. a sermon, just because I can copy and it, yeah, it, their copy and paste is yeah the best. It is perfect. Yeah, they got great commentaries and yeah. I didn't know that they had an app. I yeah. need to download that. Anyways, uh, so we're going to be skipping. We're going to be jumping from Matthew to Luke. If you notice in Matthew, he uh, he starts off his genealogy with Abraham. In Luke, he goes. Um, technically, the reason he starts off with Abraham is because Abraham was technically the first Jew, so it's from a Jewish standpoint. And he goes Abraham to uh, Joseph, which would be Jesus' father, mm-hmm. um, and then Luke does something different. Luke actually goes from Adam mm. because Luke is uh, looking at it from a human standpoint. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and you say, well, whoop-de-doo, what, why does that matter? Well, it matters because in Hebrew, the letters, the Hebrew language, the letters have meaning. Mm-hmm. So the reason Jesus said... Uh, 
there won't be any, what is it, dot or twiddle changed until, I think it's his second coming or when he comes back. Because like a dot or a twiddle is like us uh, dotting our I's or our T's. Okay. Mm-hmm. But in the Hebrew, if you change any little thing, it messes up the code that's underneath it. So there's actually code in the Hebrew text, the original Hebrew text, like hidden messages under the text. So if you go to the genealogy in Luke, he starts from Adam. Mm-hmm. And the Hebrew name, the Hebrew uh, names mean something. They, they each have a meaning. So starting from the top, if you go Adam, means uh, man is. Seth, the next in line would be appointed. Enosh is mortal. Kenan is sorrow but... And then, I don't know how to say this guy's name. Mahela means the blessed God. Jared means shall come down. Enoch means teaching. Methuselah means his death shall bring. Lamech means the despairing. And Noah means comfort and rest. And say, well, who cares? Well, if you put that all in one sentence, it talks about Jesus. Mm-hmm. It says, man is appointed mortal sorrow, but the blessed God shall come down, teaching his death shall bring the despairing comfort and rest. Wow. Wow. So that's the little nugget. Yeah. Um, you can go even deeper like the. And that, that's through, uh, that was from Adam to Enoch? Noah. Or that was from Noah. Adam to Noah. And okay. then what, he, what he, Luke actually does, instead of uh, Matthew goes through Solomon, he goes, <sighs> Yeah, he goes. He goes through. Maybe yeah, David's son Solomon. Luke actually goes through Nathan, and follows it down to Mary. So he has gene- genealogy of Mary and Joseph. Wow! So it's a you know perfect genealogy. There's no mess up. Yeah. So well, it was Mary also of the <clears throat> tribe of Judah. Um. Yeah, because she was a descendant of David. Well, right. But I think that was Joseph. I mean, the reason they went to Bethlehem was because of Joseph, right? Yes. Joseph was of the tribe was of the tribe of Judah. Were they both of the tribe of Judah? That was my understanding. I just didn't know. Yeah, there is a there is an Old Testament thing about. Ah, I'd have to look it up, but it's something along the lines of there were some daughters, I think. A, a man had daughters, and they made a rule about that the son-in-law. I, I forget; it's it's in the Old Testament somewhere. But mm-hmm. so that's like one little nugget. That's, that's so, really cool. Miles, did you find this on your own? Like, did you just like look at these and look up these names, or, or did you do you have other resources too that you that you read that? No, I just I anyone can do this. Like, I, I just literally listen to a lot of commentaries like all the time oh, okay like, that's all i listen to a lot of the time whether i'm doing stuff and i'll pick up on little things and then research a little bit myself mm-hmm. or dig into it in other areas but i mean i'll try to pick commentaries on books that most people would never look at because that's where you're going to find something mm-hmm. like everyone preaches on the gospels and that's fine there's a lot in there but you listen to a commentary on ezekiel and you're like wow I didn't even know about that. Yeah. So read that. Uh, read that sentence again with, with the names. So it's uh, 
It's Adam through Noah. It's man is appointed mortal sorrow, but the blessed God shall come down teaching his death shall bring the despairing comfort and rest. And that's kind of what you're saying. Like Even that's kind of a code. That's kind of a hidden code. Another example would be in if you go to actual like Hebrew text in Genesis, if you go every seven letters, God loves the number seven. Mm-hmm. It's it's I think it's a number of completion for him. So if you go in text every seven letters, eventually you get the word Torah, which is the first five books of Moses, the first five books of the law get spelled Torah out. If you go to Exodus, you get the same thing. If you go to Leviticus, you don't get it. If you go to Numbers, you get it, but it's backwards. If you go to Deuteronomy, you get the same thing, but it's backwards. Now, the reason it's not in Leviticus is because Leviticus is all about worship. It's all about worshiping God and its rules and regulations for worship. And honestly, there's so much symbolism in Leviticus, you could find Jesus on every page if you looked hard enough. I 100% agree. So if you actually take... um, Seven times seven, 49 is divisible by seven. If you go every 49 letters, you get Jehovah in Leviticus. Okay. So that'd be like one like very simple code that's in the scripture. I don't necessarily study the code. It's a lot more complicated. I just rather look at the actual text. Do you think, so do you, you believe that God planned that? It's not just a Oh, without a doubt. Okay. And where, like, so for the skeptics out there, where could someone look up old uh, he, Hebrew text to 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 look at that? I don't have a lot of experience with sure. the, with the Hebrew, um, but there's definitely excellent scholars out there that have done their research. Um, yeah, you just have to do your research on it. Yeah, like anything. All right. Do you uh, do you want to tease something for? Actually, maybe here's what we'll do: the week before you come on, we'll tease kind of what you're maybe a, the general topic you're going to be touching on the following week. Okay. I can share something. I got another little thing that's since it is Old Testament that doesn't take that long. I mean, if you want something that's from the Old Testament. How much? I mean, I know the Bible is pretty big. I mean, I, I don't want to like drain you of content, and in, in, where in six months you're like, "Well, I'm not sure what to talk about." This we're week. barely scratching the surface. Oh, sweet! All right, go for it. Okay, so you got to turn to uh, Ezekiel, mm-hmm. Ezekiel chapter four, and Ezekiel had it rough. To be honest with you, it's not easy to be a prophet back then. He had, and you can read about this in verse twenty-four or chapter twenty-four. He actually. God tells him that your wife is going to die and you can't cry. You can't mourn in front of people. And he did that because he didn't want, he wanted to get a, the point across to Israel that they're going to suffer. And this entire time, uh, Ezekiel's actually mute. God mutes him. And so any act that he has to do, he performs in the street in front of the people. So if you read chapter four, you're going to notice that he talks about uh, making like a symbolism or making like a, a toy city of Jerusalem where he's in the streets. And he's showing how Jerusalem's going to get captured and destroyed by the Babylonians. And then there's another area where he shows, like, 
cooking bread, God tells him that you're going to cook bread with human dung. And then Ezekiel's like, no, please, let me cook it with cow dung. So fine, cook it with cow dung. And it shows how they're going to go through a famine and it's going to be hard times. But the people at the time don't really get it. But he tells them um, in its chapter 4, he tells them to lay on his one side for its 390 days. Mm-hmm. He tells them to... Uh, I forget, is it, I think it's on his left side. Yeah, it says in verse 4, lie also on your left side and lay the iniquity of the house of Israel upon it. Yeah, and then it's like 40 days on his right side. And each day is for a year that they're going to be in captivity. And there's a verse in Leviticus, it's uh, Leviticus chapter 26. Uh, I think it's Leviticus. I know it's Leviticus. I don't believe I believe that there's nothing in the Bible that's coincidence. So okay. everything is there for a reason. And I'll explain why. Uh, it's not Leviticus verse seven. But anyways, it it says something about along the lines of um if my people are not turned from my way, I'll punish them seven times. So it was a good scholar that actually took the number uh I think it's it's 390 plus 40. It's 430? 430, yeah. He took 430 times uh, 7. And uh, long story short, I think I told you about that. Um, let me pull up my note here. It says 3,010. No, that's not right. Sorry. I got it mixed up here. Yeah, it's Leviticus twenty six eighteen. If you want to look it up, it basically says, "If you will not yet for all, okay, if ye will not yet for all this hearken unto me, then I will punish you seven times for your sins." So if you if you um, the Bible runs on a three hundred sixty day year, and don't ask me why, but that was done by uh, a doctor did some research on it. I got his name here. Um, he, he found out that it's Sir Robert Anderson, um, his book, The Coming Prince, if you want to read it. But he notes that the Bible runs on 360-day years um, in both Genesis and Revelation. So what does that matter? Um, if you take... Uh, Sorry, I'm trying to read my notes here. We don't have any coffee today because Jeff is absent, but next week we'll have some coffee to review again. Layden, that was a weird face. What are you looking? He's trying to do math.
Lane, have you made any more progress on the book that you're reading? Um, no. Have you? Have you uh, started listening? I haven't started listening yet, but I, I did uh, open it up. Oh, very good. Oh, so you bought it? No, I didn't buy it yet. I just opened it up on the purchase on the on the sales page. Uh, excellent. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm struggling here with my uh, notes. That's all right. Well, Miles, if you want, so we, we can come back this? to that one. Let's just save this one, Let's for, save this one. for next time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the one about Ezekiel on his side for 390 days, and then how that uh, tied into the verse in Leviticus. Basically, I'll just, we can do the math later, but basically, if you want to do the research on it, it comes out to, um, it's like 907,000 days, to, it's like 907,200 days, and you have to take account for the leap years. Basically, it comes out to May 14th, 1948, which is when Israel came back into the land. They, It's not a day over. It's not a day short. It's literally exactly on the day of when they came back to the land. They, the Babylonians, Babylonians took them over and destroyed uh, or took them into captivity, and then the Romans eventually destroyed Jerusalem in AD 70. But it starts earlier than that. It starts like 500 years before the Romans when mm-hmm. the Babylonians took over. And that's when it starts, and that's when they're scattered abroad, scattered to all the nations. And that's when it starts. So it's like 2,000-some-odd years, but it adds up directly to May 14th, 1948, which is when Israel's back in the land, which honestly didn't happen that long ago. Yeah. so Almost in our lifetime. Almost in our lifetime. That's like 74 years ago. So you're drawing a correlation between... God punishing them seven times yes for their sin yes and taking and then the prophecy that Ezekiel it's the prophecy being fulfilled in uh chapter 37 which is the valley of the dry bones where he tells them that he's breathing life into their bones he starts with like uh, bones, and then he goes to flesh, and then sinews, and then he breathes life into them. It's about mm-hmm. breathing life into the nation that was dead, mm-hmm. and that was the end. The end happened on May fourth, nineteen forty-eight, when Israel became a nation, literally on the day. Wow! Not a day over, not a day late. Wow! Exactly on the day. Now there's, there's a lot more technical than that, and I'll get the math around next sure. time. But that's basically what happened. Wow. I've heard that before, that there was some kind of prophecy about when Israel was, before, you, you had mentioned it two miles when we were talking, but before that I had heard that there was a prophecy that was fulfilled, you know, at the time when Israel was, uh, uh, the nation of Israel was yeah. put but, back together. But, you know, some people still say that, you know, Israel isn't, God has given up on Israel and, you know, you can't help those people. They obviously haven't done enough research. <laughs> <laughs> I, get, I get frustrated with those people because, like, seriously, like, you know, you want to see prophecy right in front of your eyes, and he still does miracles in Israel to this day. <laughs> okay, so that's a te- that's a good tease. So, mention yeah. you're saying that that God is still doing miracles. Oh, um, yeah. to Israel's benefit. So maybe have one of those, or, oh, yeah. or se- several of those ready as well. That's easy for, for next uh, next time. Yeah, I'll have I'll <laughs> have my uh, my notes a little bit better. I just kind of did this on well, a fly. I had told yeah. I had told you that we just wanted like a little bit of a teaser. We weren't expecting like dive into uh, in depth stuff. Uh, I'm trying to find a appropriate um, 
I see you have all those there little tunes. So thanks, thanks, Miles, for uh, for joining us today. <laughs> oh, you can't hear that it. That is a lame applause. You heard it? I heard it. Oh man! A bit. Well, if you have headphones on, it, it would be much better. more impressive. Okay. Yeah, I was almost drowning, drowning out my ears. There you go. All right, that was uh, the Miles Files. It almost. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's a verb or if it's a noun or, or how to use it exactly yet. But leave your comments. If you have a better suggestion for a segment name, I mean, we're open to, of course, hearing your input, hearing your suggestion, hearing your voice. Um, is there anything, Miles, that you want to plug? Um, or promote? Not really. Okay. The Old Testament. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's obvious. There you go. Uh, Leighton. What uh actually one other thing, Miles. What's if you if someone wants to like if someone feels compelled to like learn more about the Old Testament, can you give them just like one one short uh study tip or not necessarily even a study tip, just one one tip or resource to get started in Old Testament study? Um Yeah, I'd just start with first you start with Blue Letter Bible. Mm-hmm. They have excellent they have commentaries from multiple excellent people. Um, people to look out for would be like uh, John Corson is good. Um, there's uh, Chuck Smith. He's okay. Um, another guy called uh, Chuck uh, Misler. He's excellent. So, yeah, just start off with Blue Letter Bible. All right. Leighton, anything from you before we wrap up? I don't think so. Oh, one other thing, Miles. At some point, I took a video of your vehicle that you drove in. And at some point, we should do a tour. You need to explain that. Of the vehicle. Okay. Well, it's on Instagram. Oh, really? I, I did a little Instagram live, or not live, just Instagram story. A reel? I'm not sure. It's, a, vid- it's a video. Okay. That's a story. A story? Story for another time. So maybe, maybe, uh, maybe yeah, one of the next few times we can get a little tour of that. It's a cool vehicle. It looks like a mobster vehicle. <laughs> it looks like an ice cream truck from the 1930s. Yeah, that's kind of what it is. It's 1940s. Oh, okay. Good job, Lee. So I'm not, I'm not totally off. No. All right. Milk van. Oh, it's a milk van. Sort of. Okay. All right. Lane, anything else from you? I think that's it. All right. What's the point? The point is, Ruben, call Oradine when you have tile issues. <laughs> point number two, pray for those who hurt you. That's a good one. And point number three, the Miles files are up and going. What's our word of the week? Word of the week is Ezekiel. <laughs> <laughs>